Greetings and salutations, everybody. You are listening to the How Should I Bro podcast. I'm Sam Richardson. I'm Tim Pickerel. And we are going to talk to you guys today about something that just might blow your fucking mind. (laughs) And that is about getting too big from training, because it's something that I hear all the time whenever a lot of the ladies, a lot of the women, but... Even a lot of the guys. There's no such thing as big to to being too big, bro. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I in the person you don't want to be swole. Hey, bro! Like I need to like get big as I can, so like every day I'm just gonna bench press and I'm gonna do curls. I'm gonna work out my chest. I'm gonna work out my shoulders and my arms, but I'm never gonna do legs, bro, because I don't want to get my legs too big. I just want to get a big pump on my chest and my shoulders, bro. I just want to be able to kiss my biceps without lifting my arms. Yeah, but I don't want to get my lips too big, bro, because then that just might be a little too heavy, bro. <laughs> so. Obviously, nobody wants to be like the... Uh, don't be that guy. <laughs> no, don't be that guy. Don't be meathead Rob Lowe. So, welcome to the How Should I Bro podcast. And before we begin, I would like to talk about a few sponsors out there, some people that help make this show happen. The first one would be a company that we're actually near and dear to, and that is Show Me Comics. <laughs> Show Me Comics, you can see them on the web at www.showmecomics.com, and you can follow them on Twitter at Show Me Comics. And Tim, what is it that Show Me Comics does that is so awesome? Oh, Show Me Comics does a amazing graphic novel called Hafu, 64 pages colored. You can even get it on Comixology for four ninety nine. That's right, the digital age, because that's where everything is headed and where most of it's already at. And volume two coming soon. That's right. Another company out there that I'd like to give a shout out to. It's a place that I've place that I've worked for a few times myself. Place that I've gotten slammed around a little bit with. And that is St. Louis Anarchy Pro Wrestling. They've got a big show coming up April 17th and 18th called Gateway to Anarchy. And the main event features Gary the Barn Owl, Gerald James. He is the St. Louis Anarchy champion. He's facing TNA star and all-around bad motherfucker Davey Richards in the main event. So I'd like to to give a shout-out to them, one of our sponsors. And then the other one, of course, would be the studio that I work at, Woosops Martial Arts, located in Fenton, right above 026 Bar and Grill. Come to Woosops if you want to learn how to defend yourself do some traditional martial arts, do some self-defense, do some MMA workout, do some boot camps, whatever your fitness needs. They've got you covered at Woosops Martial Arts. All right, so... But no, seriously, I don't want to get too big, Sam. (laughs) Well, that's the topic of today. A lot of the people that come up to train, they they say, you know, I don't want to... I don't want to get too big. I don't want to lift weights because I don't want to get big and bulky because I have watched TV shows. I've seen the magazines and I don't want to look like one of those freaks. So I'm afraid that if I lift a barbell, a dumbbell or a kettlebell, I'm just going to miraculously get these humongous (laughs) hawk sized muscles just from looking at weights. And I don't want that. Well, I'm here to let you all know today that it's not that easy, and most likely it's not going to happen. The purpose of lifting weights is not to look like She-Hulk or the Incredible Hulk. 
But there's a whole lot of other reasons why we do lift weights. Now, Tim, you have been on a little fitness journey of your own for a couple of years. I know a uh, few, few years. Fitness stumble. Fitness stumble. Well, you know, not, not that long ago, you had, uh, you know, you joined a gym and mm-hmm. you had some pretty good results. Tell me a little bit about your training. Uh, so unlike Sam, I wasn't heavy growing up. I was actually fairly active. Never, never a sports guy, but I'd run around a lot, ride bikes a lot. And then eventually, as I got older and into high school and more into computers, I found myself sitting in front of a computer a whole lot more. So fast forward high school, college, into my day job of doing computer programming, web development, that kind of thing. I sit on my ass for a long time. Ended up at this uh, wonderful company, but the company had a whole snack bar and beverages, free soda. Next thing I know. Temptations. Yeah. Next thing I know, I go from being 6'1", about 200 pounds, and already kind of skinny fat, to still 61 cuz i don't shrink <laughs> 230 pounds i gained 30 pounds in about a year and a half just working at this job and hitting the break room all the time so i ended up doing a fitness regimen i actually found it on bodybuilding.com uh it's chris gethin's 12 week transformation program uh went through that um is basically six meals a day Training twice a day usually, uh, weights in the morning, cardio in the evening, and then on my off days, it was still two rounds of cardio. Lost about 30 pounds, mm-hmm. got myself down to about two, back down to about 200, and I held 200 for a while, and then slowly I fell off the exercise wagon, gained some more weight back, tried some other stuff. I tried uh, the paleo diet. Um, a whole 30, which is basically a more restricted version of paleo where you don't have any, no processed foods, no added sugar. So, you know, healthy stuff. Uh, didn't, wasn't doing as much exercising though. Still lost a decent amount of weight, got myself down to about 195. And then all of a sudden over the last year, I've been lazy, Sam. Well, I've been very lazy. I'm, I, uh, I got myself back up to 220 and cried. (laughs) <laughs> and that's key. You you said something right before that, though, that I try to drill into my clients' heads, and sometimes it takes an awfully deep drill. And that is, you can lose weight without uh, without exercise. You know, it's not that the exercising and the lifting weights and the cardio is crucial to the weight loss process. Losing weight now, the the specific goal of burning fat. You know, it's 80% diet. It's 80% what you're eating. It's the nutrition. So like you said, you know, you started to tighten up that diet. You started to get in a little paleo, anything where you're just, you know, monitoring the amount of calories that you're taking in and switching up, getting some of the processed foods out. It's the laws of thermodynamics. You start to cut those calories down. Your body's going to start to let go of some of that excess weight. Now... Let's rewind, though, when you said you first lost the 30 pounds and you were on the the workout program. You said uh, lifting weights. Now, that was a part of your routine, correct? Oh, yes. Uh, What exactly were you doing weightlifting-wise? Lifting-wise, I was separated by your typical weight lifter kind of breakdown where you're working out two two body groups every session. Um, so like the, you know, the back and biceps, that kind of thing. Uh, and it was just your standard, uh, depending on the day I'd either go for the 
six to eight rep range or the 10 to 12. I kind of mixed it up a little bit, but I never made Hulk status. And that's okay, but I mean, do you feel like along the way that you got stronger? I definitely got stronger. Right, and you weren't needing to bench press cars, but obviously you felt at some point, okay. They don't I have cars to bench press at the gym either. <laughs> but I'm sure that, you know, like weights that you started off with that you could only get maybe 10 reps with before over time, you were getting 12 reps, 15 reps, and then you were able to pick up an even heavier weight, and then you got to where you could do more reps with that. Absolutely. So over time, you felt that there was an increase in your strength, so the weightlifting was a big part of your program and like you said at no point did you turn into the incredible hulk that is absolutely correct right at no point were your biceps like you probably you know, would like me when i'm angry <laughs> but but your arms were never 20 inches and veiny and just look like an alien or some creature i had no huge vein exactly at all now i would like to point out that tim is a how old are you tim I just turned 34 last month. So he is a 34-year-old male. Tim and I are very close in age. And so that means, you know, he was still he was in his early 30s whenever he started this this workout program. So he's still prime age for his testosterone to be pumping. That is a is a big factor when it comes to, you know, putting on muscle. And that's something that I have to throw out there to a lot of the ladies that I train is that testosterone, our hormones play a huge role in how much muscle that we're able to put on whenever we're lifting weights. Okay. The, what testosterone does and how it affects the whole process of, of adding muscle and how it all works. We have a huge advantage as testosterone producing males than the females do. That's why a female doesn't have to worry about lifting weights and getting huge. As you just said yourself, you were on this program. You were on it for quite a while. You got stronger. You lost weight. You got in better shape. But at no point did you turn in to, you know, fucking Mark McGuire. No. And that's somebody who produces a lot of testosterone. And I have other proof that Tim produces a lot of testosterone. So even though he didn't get the 20-inch <laughs> arms, he's got the same fucking hair pattern I do. And that is due to increased testosterone. Male pattern baldness is linked to hormones and testosterone. That's why you see a lot of dudes at the gym that have the big hairless circle on their head and a bunch of hair sprouting from their back. It's got to do with the testosterone. So testosterone doesn't... It doesn't equal humongous muscles, but it is going to help you build a lot easier and a lot more efficiently than someone that doesn't produce a lot of testosterone. And that, my friends, is why there are people that take anabolic steroids. They take the steroids to increase the amount of testosterone that they have. Where that plays a role with you know, muscle development and athletics and, and this is where things break down again. This is where there, there's two paths you go here. You hear a lot about the athletes. You know, I just talked about Mark McGuire. He's an admitted steroid user. And uh, Wait, I thought he just did the got milk. <laughs> got, got test. Um, but, you know, Alex Rodriguez, he's somebody that recently was a very, uh, very famous athlete that got caught. UFC fighters, you know, are testing positive. Uh, you know, daily we're hearing about a new guy that just got caught. The fact is... Anabolic steroids in professional sports is very prevalent, and it's more than a lot of naive people are going to want to uh, than they're going to want to hear. And what I always find funny is when an athlete like you know, like A Rod or the uh, 
I think there was a cyclist or somebody in a sport that that just tested positive for steroids. Well, Armstrong tested positive for steroids. So, and what happens though is the average person they they see they hear that and they go, "Well, I, I would have never thought that because he wasn't that big." Oh, he didn't look like he took steroids. I thought steroids made you big and humongous, just like lifting weights makes you big and humongous. Steroids, they help a lot with recovery, but it depends on on what your goals are, what you're taking them for, for how they're going to affect uh, how they're going to affect your body. On, on most pro athletes, they're not necessarily taking the steroids to get humongous muscles. They're there for recovery. Because you got to figure, as a pro athlete, you know your your seasons are very long. Your your body is under a tremendous amount of physical stress, and it accumulates a lot more trauma than the person that's playing a recreation or amateur sport. And when there's millions of dollars on the line for you to be in a game and to perform at an insanely high level. Well, guess what? If you get injured, that takes you out. You no longer have the ability to be there producing. So, you know, a lot of these guys, they, they take these these steroids for recovery purposes. Just like if you went to the doctor and you had some inflammation or you had a surgery done, they would prescribe steroids after for you to heal quicker. Now, where a lot of this comes from and where this relates to like the bodybuilders and the people in the gym trying to get bigger is part of what testosterone does is... It helps your body absorb more protein. So if we were able to take your muscles, if we were able to you know, somehow peel back the skin and look at just the muscles themselves, they look like, like cables bundled together. So if you ever took like a cable and bundled like five of them together and then wrapped them up in tape and then took like a thousand more bundles and put them together, that's basically what a strand of muscles look like under a microscope. Well, when you're working out, any, really anytime that you're, you're putting your muscles under stress, they start to tear. Kind of like if you imagine those cables, if, if you start to rub against them or you pull them too often, they start to fray a little bit. Right. That's what happens when you work out is you're just putting your body under enough stress that it frays those muscles. It, it tears them down. You got to put them under more stress than they're used to, and they, they break down a little bit. And then what happens is whenever you go home and you recover and you sleep and you eat, your body rebuilds those strands and it makes it just a little bit thicker each time, a little tiny bit bigger. I mean, we're talking about it at a level so small, you couldn't notice it, you know, unless you were under a high power microscope, but it rebuilds it just a little thicker and a little stronger each time. Well, your muscles are made up of protein. So your body's got to have protein in the form of broke down, you know, amino acids to go in and rebuild these muscle strands. The problem is that each one of us genetically can only absorb a certain amount of protein. So it's kind of like your muscles have these little things. We'll just call them like protein satellites that reach out to look for protein to pull in. So after you've broke them down, you've only got so many satellite cells that can kind of signal to look for protein and amino acids to pull down to rebuild the muscle. Okay. Now, those of us that are natural, we don't, we don't take any steroids and we're men. You know, we have this certain level of testosterone. We're still in our early 30s. We still produce a lot of it, you know. We have a certain amount of satellite cells that are going to reach for the protein and pull it in to rebuild it. But the person that's taken anabolic steroids has increased the amount of protein satellite cells. So how much protein that they can reach out for by way, 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 way more than than us natural people ever could. I mean, we're looking at, I thought I read some like 200 to 400% more satellite cells. So essentially when it comes to like the people you see in the gym, you know, the, the stereotypical roid head that's 300 pounds solid mass and they win the Mr. Olympia and they're on the bodybuilding covers. 
the biggest advantage that they have through taking the anabolic steroids is that the testosterone is allowing them to absorb more protein. So whenever they, when they work out and they tear their muscles up and they eat the protein afterwards, they can absorb a shitload more of it than we could. Okay. And so that's going to result in the muscles that build even thicker and bigger than, than we ever could. And it's going to happen a lot faster. So that doesn't mean that naturally you can't build muscle at all. You're still going through the same biological process you're just not able to absorb nearly as much as that person that's on the steroids is taking. Okay. That's, and that's because we still produce you know, a certain amount of regular testosterone as men. Females, you know, because of the estrogen conversion, most of their estrogen doesn't convert to testosterone. That's what makes them women, and that's what makes us men. Is we, we all start off with estrogen. It's just that we convert the estrogen to testosterone, and we convert a whole hell of a lot more of it. Well, because women only have a far, you know, a very small amount of testosterone they actually convert, their ability to absorb protein is going to be so much smaller that even even if they went in and worked out like maniacs and they ate a ton of protein, they're going to absorb such a small amount of it. They don't have to worry about ever lifting weights and looking like the hog. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, except it just totally blew my mind about all those female American gladiators when we were kids. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, they were probably sticking needles somewhere in their ass <laughs> and injecting some hormones. Now, with that said, you know, is it possible to get? Sorry to interrupt. Is it possible to get Mister Olympia size naturally? <sighs> okay, so genetics play a huge role here, and this is why I I'm not saying that the the American gladiator women, you know, were definitely taking steroids, but it's just I, I like to look at it like this: your genetic makeup is going to make it a lot easier or a lot harder to play certain sports. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're one of those lucky people, maybe you're one out of every 10,000 that has, you know, this freak amount of hormones and this, you know, just uh, freak metabolism to actually put on a large amount of, uh, of muscle because you can absorb more protein than the average person that's also natural, you're more likely to go into certain sports than others. So you get some that might reach a certain level just because they I mean they were like like I said, one in ten thousand that have this, you know, insane fucking metabolism to put on muscle. But uh because it is, it's it, it's such a it's such a small percentage of people that actually have that ability naturally that if you see someone that is just absolutely ripped in their Mr. Olympia size, it's like ninety nine percent of the time they had to use some type of chemical enhancement to get there. Okay. That doesn't mean you can't look awesome. That doesn't mean that you can't take somebody who's a uh, 140 pounds, you know, without much muscle mass, and get them up to, you know, 180, 190, possibly 200. I mean, naturally, you can do incredible things. And proof of that is, if you look back to bodybuilding magazines from like you know the 1940s, and you look at like the Steve Reeves or even uh, Sean Connery. You know, right. Sean, yeah. Sean Connery was like a Mr. Olympia back in the, or a Mr. Uh, like a Mr. America or like some Universe regional title. It might've been a Mr. Universe, but either way, if you go back and you look at some of these magazines from the forties and you look at, uh, Eugene Sandow and, uh, and Hackenschmidt and some of the guys that were like, you know, the pioneers uh, of bodybuilding and lifting weights, you know, it's like their diet, their nutrition, their supplementation at the time was was nowhere near where we're at now. And they definitely didn't have the, the ability to increase their testosterone just by shoving a needle in their fucking ass and pumping it up. And, and they still, you know, were, were able to look awesome. They were mm -hmm. able to get very lean levels of body fat. They were able to get, you know, uh, an awesome amount of, of muscularity. 
but it wasn't what you know. It wasn't what you see the Mr. Olympia is doing today. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you can definitely you can get very lean levels of, of body fat. You can you can put on a good amount of muscle mass, but but I would have to say it's most likely no. Like an average guy naturally is not gonna you know fucking train for a year and eat chicken breast and and go to Globo Gym and pump iron a couple hours a day. And wind up looking like Jay Cutler. Okay. You know, and that's that's something I hate. And that's something that I, I want this podcast to help address is that you get a lot of fucking lies, a lot of myths, and a lot of misconceptions that are pushed through these magazines like Flex and Muscle and Fitness. And there's dudes in the gym that like look at that as inspiration. Like they go in there and they say, I'm going to get a pro car, dude. I'm going to look like Ronnie Coleman or Kai Green. And it's like... No, you're not. I mean, unless you're that one in 10,000 that has just that incredible natural genetic structure and you've got the metabolism for it. And even those guys still have to take the steroids and train their ass off to get to the Mr. Olympia. Mm -hmm. Again, it doesn't mean they can't look awesome. I'm not saying that when you walk into the gym, you know, every dude that you see that's that's got a six pack and he's got maybe, you know, eight, 10 inch arms. That doesn't mean that they're all on steroids. Right. But it's it's the obvious ones. It's the ones that are going past what a human is, you know, just naturally genetically capable of. You're not going to be 300 pounds with zero percent body fat and fucking veins that look like a garden hose running through your bicep. <laughs> naturally, it's not going to happen. You can look awesome and you can train your ass off. But but there's certain levels the, the natural you're, you're only going to be able to get to. But to flip that back around to the ladies that come in and, and some of the guys that say, I don't want to get big. I don't want to lift weights. That's what today's podcast is about is why you should lift weights. Because as I just said, naturally, you're not going to get as big. You're not going to look like Lou Ferrigno just because you picked up a weight a few times. The reasons why we want to lift weights are one, to get stronger. Because you will, as you said, Tim, when you were on that program, you noticed that you got stronger. Indeed. Weren't bench pressing cars, but you definitely got stronger. And at no point in your everyday life are you out needing to fucking bench press cars, right? But it would be nice if I could do it at least once. It would be awesome, but uh, but there's no real purpose for it. But you got stronger in things that, that help you out in your everyday life. Sure. Like lifting things at home or doing yard work or whatever. It's always nice to be stronger you know, at any point, whatever you're coming from. But, uh, you know, that's one of the benefits that naturally we're going to get from lifting weights. The other side of that is because when you do lift weights and you eat properly and you go through that whole process of the protein absorption and the satellite cells and building the muscles up, even if genetically, let's say you're capable of putting on, you know, 15 pounds or 20 pounds of muscle mass. Let's just say, again, everybody's different, but let's say you're somebody who that's that's it. Genetically, naturally, your body's only going to allow 15 to 20 pounds of extra, you know, muscle mass. And that's a good amount. That's mm-hmm. a very good amount, and it's not going to happen in one year. So if you're fucking somebody out there and you claimed you have, you're probably full of shit or you're probably on steroids or you're probably like 16 years old and Mother Nature is still playing a huge <laughs> role in that. But to get back to it, let's say you put on... 15 or 20 pounds of muscle mass. That's not fat. That's not water. That's muscle. Your body has to be able to maintain that extra tissue. And it does that through the form of extra calories because you're not going to be able to grow. You're not going to put on mass unless you're bringing in extra calories to keep up with it. Well, what you've just done is increase your metabolism. That's how when they say, oh, you lift weights, your metabolism gets, you know, bigger or faster. It's it's not magic. It's science. You've got extra tissue, so your body needs extra amount of calories to maintain that tissue. And if it doesn't get it, that tissue is going to atrophy or it's just not going to build in the first place. So, again, 
to relate to the the woman that comes in and tells me she doesn't want to lift weights because she doesn't want to get big and bulky. We're not going to lift the weights to get you big and bulky. But if you can put on even five pounds of muscle, that is you know, a tremendous amount of extra calories per day now you're able to burn and that you get to add into your diet. And you're going to feel a lot better and you're going to feel a lot stronger. Now, I want to segue from the lifting to, to talking about, you know, cardio versus weights. Because the people that say, I don't want to lift, I don't want to get big and bulky, I just think I should go and do an elliptical for two fucking hours a day, and that's how I'll <laughs> lose a million pounds. The the whole cardio term, okay, anytime I hear the fucking the bros in the gym talk about, you know, oh, uh, hey, bro, uh, we're going to go in today because it's Monday, and we're going we're gonna to bench press, and then we're going to do flies, and we're going to work chest out for the next, like, two hours, and, uh, bro, and then we're going to do, like, 20 minutes of cardio, or some of them will be like, oh, today I'm just doing abs and cardio. Dude, I don't think they even know what cardio means. And and the way that cardio is thrown around in the gym and the way that it's thrown around in the media, they they don't get it. All right. When we're talking about cardio, you know, oh, that's the way I just threw it around at the beginning of the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, and it's 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 so Sam accepted. almost punched me. It's so accepted like and I'm the same way. I'll say, "Oh, go do your cardio homework." But really whenever we whenever we break this down, cardio is short for cardiovascular. Mm-hmm. All right. So the whole thing here is that if, if you're working out the cardiovascular system, you're working out your heart, your heart and your lungs. And that's great. And that's something people should definitely do. They need to get their heart stronger. But the truth is, in the gym, what people are talking about, they could give two fucking shits whether they get their heart stronger. They, they're talking about losing body fat. They're talking about just burning extra calories and stripping away the body fat. And they think that cardio is how you do that. They don't give a shit what they're doing, you know, under the uh, under the fat. They don't care that they're working their heart out or their lungs. They're just trying to remove the body fat, which which has a term that's called aerobics, not cardio. That doesn't sound very manly at and all. And that's exactly why they don't say it is because then this douchebag thinks he'd sound like a... I think of Olivia Newton-John when I hear aerobics. Yeah, precisely. So imagine this douchebag going, so bro, I'm going to come in today on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday and work out chest, abs, and then do some aerobics. <laughs> like, they're, they're not going to fucking say that. It's the same reason they do fucking chest flies in front of the mirror with the, with the, with the wrist turned in so they can see themselves flex, <laughs> even though it's doing jack shit for the area pec they're trying. It looks cool. So they're not going to say like, oh, today's abs and aerobics. You know, even though that's like really what it is. So when we break this shit down, it shouldn't be like weightlifting versus cardio. It's anaerobic versus aerobic. And if people would just learn the difference in those terms, it would make everything so much easier. But they don't because a lot of them only have TV and magazines to go by. And the TV and magazines twist shit around to sell you something. And at the end of the day, you wind up having to come to a professional like me so that I can explain this stuff to you. So... We talked about the benefits of weightlifting, why you should do it. That is anaerobic. If you look it up in the dictionary, anaerobic is basically like energy without the presence of oxygen. All right. Anaerobic has more to do with like glycogen, sugars, and all the other ways to create energy without using oxygen. Aerobic means in the presence of oxygen. So when your body uses fat for energy, 
you, you've got a few ways that your body creates energy, but one of them is to use oxygen and oxidize fat cells to create energy. And that's where aerobics come in is because aerobics need oxygen for you to continue to move and go through them. So what they do is they start to oxidize fat to use as energy, where anaerobic, the weightlifting, uses sugar, glycogen. Okay. Now, the pace that you're going, how long you do this, how long you can maintain it will determine whether something is more anaerobic or aerobic. But the way that I always look at it is anaerobic is something that you cannot maintain at a certain level for very long. So, like, if I said, Tim, you know, go uh, fucking pick up that 200-pound barbell and squat it for me, you know, I don't know what your max on squat is. but It's most- not that. So, <laughs> so, you're saying it's something you'd probably struggle a bit. Uh yeah right so if you got anything let's say you got one or two reps I think my entire skeleton would just come right out <laughs> which that would be awesome but uh, I, I would probably not have any more clients if I had somebody's <laughs> skeleton actually fall out while working out but uh but the point is if I took a weight that, that let's say it's it's seventy percent of what your all around max is so let's say that let's just assume that your max on squat is two hundred pounds okay. So if we took 70% of 200, I don't know, what's that, like, let's say 160, 170, somewhere around, I don't know. If I got you under 70% of what your max squat is, you know, you'd probably do five reps with it, five or six reps. And by that five or sixth one, you know, you're struggling. Mm-hmm. You're like, you're gritting with everything. You've got the bars going up really slow. The truth is five or six reps doesn't take very long. You're talking about maybe 10, 15 seconds of actual activity. Sure. So after 10 to 15 seconds under your max weight, you're, you're still struggling. You're not going to last much longer. And if I told you, all right, Tim, keep that weight on your back for 30 seconds more, your, your, your muscles would give out and you'd fall to the floor. Mm-hmm. That's anaerobic. Now, if I said, okay, we're going to take all that weight off. Let's, let's just use the bar. Let's not even use the bar. Let's just do your own body weight. Let's take your body weight. Well, how long do you think you could use your body weight? Uh, I don't know, probably 100, 200. Right, you'd crank out a lot of reps. Now, five reps compared to 200 at body weight, you probably go for, you know, 10 minutes or so. I could probably tell you squat your own body weight and you go for, like, is it at least 10 minutes or so? Yeah, sounds about right. That is aerobic. You're not going to get much stronger doing something that you can do for 10 minutes. If you can take a weight and do it for 10 minutes, it's no longer anaerobic. You're not going to get stronger. What's happening is your body switches over from needing glycogen because it's not very intense to just the fat and oxygen. Okay. You'll have a little bit. There. And your body goes through a process. There, there's something called the Krebs cycle where you're going to use a little bit of glycogen and a little bit of fat just at different ends of the spectrum anytime that you try to create energy just whether it's aerobic or anaerobic will determine which phase you stay in longer so if it's anaerobic you're going to use way more sugar and glycogen during the process of creating energy and if it's aerobic you're only going to stay in the the, the, the the glycogen phase for a short amount before you move into oxygen and fat okay. so if you can do 10 minutes of an exercise it's mainly fat and oxygen you're using to create that energy if it's something so heavy that you're only underneath it giving an all out effort for 15, 20 seconds, and then you're tired, that's anaerobic. That required a lot more glycogen than it did fat. So when I say that, a lot of people go, well, then I definitely shouldn't lift weights. You just told me that, you know, aerobics, cardio, <laughs> uses more fat. It does, but it's at a, it's such a small percentage of what you're using when you do this. So when we talk about overall calories burned, getting underneath 70% of your all-out max and doing five reps because that's such a higher demand of energy, you're going to burn way more calories under something that heavy than you would, you know, doing squats for ten minutes. The problem is you can't you can't stay underneath that heavy weight for a very 
you know, long amount of time. You have to do it in bursts. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the percentage of calories, the percentage of energy you need to do something super heavy. You require more of them than you do to do something very easy. But because it's so hard, you can't stay underneath it for too long. So how you look at it is whenever you're lifting weights and you're doing the anaerobic exercises, you're, you're having these short bursts of burning a ton of calories at a time. And a lot of it's glycogen. But you can only do it for so long. You switch over to the aerobics because you can last much longer doing it. You're going to burn, you know, a bigger percentage of fat doing that. Even though it's less calories overall, you can maintain it for a longer amount of time. Uh-huh. That's why I like to look at it like this. 45 minutes of lifting weights will probably burn about the same amount of calories as an hour and a half of cardio. But the problem is you can't do an hour and a half of weightlifting. Mm. If you do, that means you're not lifting heavy enough, which means essentially you're still just doing aerobics. Mm-hmm. Where, where the anaerobic comes in, though, is so you're getting these short bursts of a lot of calories at a time. Well, we're breaking the muscle down. We're going to go through that whole process after you're done working out of absorbing the protein, making it bigger so that overall you have to burn more calories to maintain that extra tissue that you just created. That's why they're both necessary. That's why I would never say, oh, never do the aerobics, never do cardio and just lift weights or just lift weights and never do the cardio. They work together because your body can only put out so much energy at one time. So we say is, okay, we'll spend the first, you know, the first uh, 30 of your exercise lifting heavy, lifting hard, doing something that you're going to struggle with. And then the other two thirds, you know, that's where we'll switch over to the aerobics. That way you're still getting a lot of calories burned in your workout, but you're only going to be able to keep up with a heavy, intense weightlifting session for a third of that workout. Right. And that's where, that's what's going to impact you though for longer on after you've worked out because your metabolism is going to grow from the amount of muscle that you've built and all that protein that you eat that rebuilds all of it. So have to lift weights because it's going to make you stronger. It's going to improve your metabolism. But you got to throw the aerobics in too because you can only lift weights for so long. Now, that throws me into you know, another thing that I, that I hear that just drives me fucking crazy <laughs> is when someone comes in and they say, well, I really just want to tone my arms up. I really just want to tone my legs up. And I'm like, God damn it, here we go again with the shit that the magazines and the TV shows throw out there with these terms like cardio and toning. Each podcast, I hope that you guys walk away with like one or two things that you learned and then you can bitch at stuff whenever you see it too and you can say, hey, I learned that from the How Should I Bro podcast. Muscle tone refers to how tight that a muscle is when it hangs from your bone and you're not flexing it. Very easy. So when a woman comes in and they lift their fucking arm up to me and there's six inches of fucking blubber when they shake the arm out, you all know what I'm talking about because I bet you're picking your arm up right now and you're doing it. That underneath area, when you go, how do I get rid of this? Because I just want to tone it up. Well, first off, if you don't, if, if you've not done anything active for a while and you haven't done much strength training, what that means is your triceps. That's that muscle on the back of your arm. It helps take your forearm and straighten it out. That's what the tricep does. You probably haven't used that, you know, a whole lot or anything very strenuous. So what happens is any muscle that you haven't used for a while, not only does it atrophy and get small, but it kind of just hangs from the bone. Ugh. Now, my my, uh, my analogy of lifting up the arm and shaking it in six inches blubbering around, that that's not all tricep. <laughs> so there's another misconception. So any of you that are like 500 pounds, they're like, oh, well, that's just a loose tricep. No, it's not. It's fat and water. <laughs> but underneath that, you still have like a jiggly tricep. And this doesn't just apply to anybody that, like I said, is 500 pounds overweight because I love people that are 500 pounds overweight. 
I love everybody. Don't think I'm making fun of you. If you're morbidly obese, I need you. I can help you. But even somebody like, you know, earlier, Tim, you said that, you know, you're like, oh, I was, I was skinny fat. Even the skinny fat people, if you haven't done any form of resistance training or you don't have a job working in construction or anything where you are, you know, under intense resistance, your muscles probably don't have a lot of muscle tone, which means they just kind of hang from the bone. You won't necessarily see it like it won't just droop. It's not that, you know, crazy analogy I used. But if you're able to peel the skin away and look, the muscles probably don't hang very tight from the bone. So what happens is through strength training, without having to tighten your muscles up, they stay they stay taut, very firm on the bone. And that's what muscles do. They just move bones around. They just take a joint, lift the bone. That's what they do. But if they're not used a whole lot, they just kind of hang there. So by doing strength training exercises like tricep pull downs and dips, the more you use that muscle, it not only is it going to grow a little thicker, but it's going to get a little tighter on the bone. And then it gets to where it's not hanging anymore. Then those muscles stay right there in place, kind of like a, a, a coil that, that's got a lot of tension on it. You know, if, if you take the tension away, the coil just kind of like you know, slumps down. But once you add that tension, it gets tighter. That's what muscle tone is. Most people are referring to muscle definition when they tell me, oh, I want to get toned arms, toned legs, toned stomach, tony tone, tone. <laughs> you don't want to get toned. I mean, that's going to be a very good side benefit to what we do. But what you want to do is get rid of all of the fat and the water that's sitting on top of that muscle. But even if we got rid of the fat and the water that sits on top of it to see the muscle definition, if the shit's just hanging there, that's where tone comes in as tone tightens that stuff up. So that is my long rant <laughs> on the term toning compared to definition. So if there's anything that you learned from today, it's that you have to lift. It's not going to turn you into the Incredible Hulk. It is going to improve your metabolism. It's going to make you stronger. In fact, in a future episode, I will probably talk the entire time about how muscle size and muscle strength are very different things. But we'll save that for a future show. That doesn't mean neglect, you know, the cardiovascular system. We all want strong hearts and we want strong lungs because that's going to help us, especially the older we get. But remember, most of you are really just wanting to do aerobics to get rid of body fat. But don't neglect the heart itself. With that said, I am uh, Sam Richardson. I'm your personal trainer. I'm Tim Pickerel. I'm your resident out of shape guy. But together, if you're if you're like me, then maybe this show will inspire you, and you and I will get in shape together. That's we'll, right. We'll with, work those protein satellites out <laughs> with the help of the How Should I Bro podcast. Remember, if you're somebody that would like to advertise or sponsor our show, you can email me at lwacombat at gmail.com or you can uh, friend us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at How Should I Bro. And make sure you keep listening to the future episodes. Send us your questions, send us your comments. We will address them live on the air and look forward to talking to you soon. 